So Brian's days uh, in like punk and grindcore bands have left him uh, so tragically hearing impaired that uh, he apparently can't even tell when my track is clipping badly uh, through the entire episode, as uh, much as it was on the last uh, Patreon ep. And uh, so once again, for the first two thirds um, of this episode, uh, my voice is going to be uh, totally intelligible, but very annoying. Um, I think we fixed it, but uh, thanks for your patience. Enjoy. Um, why did the non-binary prospector move west in the nineteen or the eighteen fifties? Why is that? Because there's gold in them there hills. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew a trans guy who was getting top surgery recently, um, and when he went in for his consultation appointment, he went up to the doctor and said, uh, "I got to get something off my chest." <laughs> Oh my god! You know how gay people have a transit, or excuse me, I fucked that one up. God, you know how gay people have. (laughs) Oh no, I'm skipping that one. Why is being trans so expensive? Uh, Why is that? Uh, Because uh, every purchase is a transaction. Oh my god! Welcome back to Mechanical Freak, uh, the show where we talk about Seattle politics, but not really Seattle politics. That's what we changed the name to something that doesn't mention Seattle. Uh, And we talk about other things, too. And today we have a very special guest with us to talk about other things, too. Greg, would you like to introduce our lovely fans to our very special guest? Yeah. Hey, everybody. We've got Madison here. Uh, Madison is a Seattle local who uh, works with... (laughs) Uh, Seattle DSA, TechBlock, and other groups to help build digital tools for battling oppression. Sounds like bullshit to me. Uh, she's a tech worker. <laughs> she's a tech worker by day, but spends much of her time advocating for transgender rights locally and within her workplace, which we can confirm because, Madison, you were kind enough to send us uh, some posts you have been making on what you referred to as some kind of internal workplace blog where you just spout off about things that matter to you. Something that I have no context around which to like um, make sense of that. Cause I've never had a real job. Uh, but thank you for that. It's actually, you know, very When you say real job, I hear the air quotes. I hear the air quotes <laughs> around real job. Well, right? I've never had like an office to report to every day and like any, there, no, a corporate culture or like any, like, um, uh, continuous sort of uh, or processes. a job that he had to get up and go to or be at or well, do that anything I do. for that, that I, I do have to do. Yeah, I thought you do go in. Um, no, I do. For it's context, not, never to the same place or for the same people, you know. Mm. Yeah, for context, like my my workplace, the company that I work for does blogging stuff, and so there's very much like a blogging culture, blogger mindset, oh. poster mindset blogs going on within, within blogs the within entire blogs. company. Every mm-hmm. team has their own blog. Every topic has its own blog. It's very blog heavy. So it's definitely okay. I, I use it as my. It's like I use it as my sounding board. Uh-huh. For, there's all this trans bullshit going on, and you should be paying Indeed. attention to us. <laughs> so yeah, well, I, we appreciate you sharing that. Also, uh, Madison recently appeared twice on 
office hours, the uh, Tim Heidecker, uh, what is it, a podcast? I don't know. Um, uh, and, uh, that's how, you know, that's how we knew that Madison had like reached a level of micro internet celebrity that that meant she was ready to come on Mechanical Freak. Um, <laughs> I'd cross the threshold. Yeah, and right. You, you've been in the minor leagues with Tim Heidecker, and now yeah. come to the majors. Exactly. With exactly. Us. Well, you know that was a good that was a good warm up. You know, it's good. It's a good reel. Um, and, uh, it shows that, you know, uh, you can be articulate behind the mic and now we're ready to get into the real issues, the real, like the grit. We're, we're going to turn the wheel. We're going to put the, the grist, uh, in and make content. And today that grist is transphobia folks it's real it's out there we are going to manufacture some transphobia today that's what we're doing uh yeah it's a horror it's a bad time uh this from the washington post nationwide uh, as a couple weeks ago nationwide gop lawmakers have filed nearly 200 state bills this year that seek to erode protections for transgender and gay youth or restrict discussions of lgbtq topics in public schools the explosion of legislation is in part the culmination of efforts by a trio of conservative organizations, which are helping state legislators write and promote the bills. One of the most active, the Alliance uh, Defending Freedom, has decades has a decades-long history of fighting LGBTQ rights, including in battles to preserve state laws crimini- criminalizing consensual sex between gay adults, court records show. Today, at least 166 measures to re- restrict LGBTQ rights are still pending in state legislatures across the nation, nearly quadruple the number of similar bills introduced just three years ago. So there's a wave, Madison, um, of anti-LGBTQ, a lot of it in particular anti-trans legislation being pushed through in various states. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Sounds bad. It's not great. I'll say that. Yes. I think um, what's what has been startling for me is to see article after article, month after month, that the article headline is something along the lines of last month saw the historic number of anti-trans or like anti-LGBTQ bills submitted to state houses. And it's been that like for the last year, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. That's like, that blows my mind um, to think about how long this has been going on and to what extent it has. I mean, it has been sort of a slower burn over the last year up until I would say maybe about a month ago where things, the the, the heat has really turned up. Um, And I'm I'm sure that um, even if you haven't had your finger on the pulse of, um, sort of what's been going on with regards to transgender rights. I'm sure if you exist in an online space, you've heard the, the discussions about like grooming um, and mm-hmm. uh, all the, all the BS that's happening around that. Um, and it's been really alarming how quickly that's all just come up. Um, and so I can, I can jump into here, like some of the really some of the worst stuff that, that has been passed so far. Yeah. The, the grooming seems to be like the, just in the last like two weeks, the big like uh, anti-gay, anti-trans conservative meme that's going around. But yeah, it goes back a little farther 
maybe at least the beginning of this year, earlier if you need to, about like, yeah, some of the worst stuff that's been pushed or a lot of it's some of the worst things that have gone through and like at least uh, so far become law, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take us back to like 2021. um, And I think some important context, and this was mentioned in that in that opening statement that you read, Greg, is um, a, there's a there's a strategy to what's happening here, a political strategy, and it's fascinating to bear witness to, as someone who's loosely aligned with the Democratic Party, which has um, like a complete absence of political strategy, um, <laughs> to the extent that like seeing something like this is like oh like stuff can get done. Yeah. Like this, it is possible to say to set out with an agenda and say these are the things that we're going to do, and then go out and fucking do them. Um, yeah. And it just happens; it just so happens to be that the people who are most ardent for that are not the people who are like advocating for the rights of workers or advocating for the rights of minorities. It's people who are trying to take them all away and for their white supremacy. So, and the 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 strategy that's being applied here is an effort that's backed by this group called the Alliance Defending Freedom. It's no surprise, like a white Christian conservative lobbying group that what they have done over the last, I, I, I mean, they've, they've been a lobbying group since the 90s, I think, but certainly since like I've been aware of them over the last like, year or so, they put forward all of these, they put forward um, a bill uh, for for instance, like a like a trans ban, a trans in sports ban in schools, mm. and what they'll do with this is they'll put forward the bill in like dozens of state houses at once, mm-hmm. all with different wording, like slightly nuanced legalistic wording, and then push forward all of them in an effort to try and get some of them to go through, and then the ones that do go through, they sort of have legal precedents to try that specific wording and that approach in other states mm-hmm. and use that exact same approach there. And so what they're able to do is across the nation, try all of these different tactics, all of these different wordings for all of these different efforts um, and really start creeping the line against um, what starts out with trans rights, but as we're seeing very quickly becomes gay rights very quickly becomes body autonomy rights, very quickly becomes uh, women's rights. Like this, this I, I think this is one thing that like a lot of people maybe don't fully understand or like aren't attuned to is like, they're not just going to stop with trans people. It doesn't just end with us. In a lot of ways, we're, no. we're like the canaries in the coal mine for human yeah. rights. Um, and uh, if if something is happening to us, uh, like you can, you can bet your ass it's going to be happening to you pretty damn soon. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot of the, uh, like telltale characteristics of any sort of rollback, right. Which is find a group that is vulnerable, right. Because they're not a large population. They don't hold political power or anything like that. Attack them. But in reality, what you're doing is you're rolling, rolling back a whole set of rights, ideas, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which you see with, you know, every attack on, say, like black people in this country, like every every attack on black people to push the criminal justice system forward mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a rollback essentially against all workers rights and housing yeah. rights, things like that. And, uh, you know, with trans rights, I mean, I think it's an attack, you know, it's it was, you know, 
we can get into this more later, but very funny to see people like Katie Herzog all of a sudden realize that maybe this might affect her, right? But, you know, anybody that has half a brain could have known this was going to happen from the get oh, right? The you resurgence know, of the leopards eating faces party. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, they're at my doorstep. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like, broadly four categories. For, for, for more pertinent legal context, there's broadly, like, four categories that these bills fit in right now. Um, there's the like classroom discussion bills, which are um, sort of branded the don't say gay bills, which prevent the discussion of gender or sexuality for certain age groups, um, which we'll talk about more. There's gender affirming care for kids. That's a different um, sort of avenue that they're trying to close off. There's also the like trans women in sports specifically um, as another subcategory. And what we're seeing uh Yet again is a resurgence of bathroom bills, which we had the first uh, bathroom bill in eight years in Alabama, um, along with their own don't say gay bill. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's I I mean, this is, you know, it's not it's not just when you take a step back, it's not just this one particular area they're trying to attack. It's a very obvious attack on the existence of trans people. Um, and an effort to prevent the existence of trans people. Um, and as a trans people, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> very disturbing. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to communicate <clears throat> what it feels like to um, live with this like background radiation of just, mm-hmm. there are people who like actively want you and your community to uh, effectively die. Right. All mm-hmm. of this care and whatnot is is necessary for trans people to exist um, and have like happy, healthy, functioning lives. And so, what they're trying to do is like remove that ability for us to get that care, so that we're either miserable in the closet or dead. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's like tough to go up against. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I I'm happy to use the context uh, of all this and jump to the conclusion that a lot of these people would just actually like to kill trans people. I mean, that's where stuff like this um, goes eventually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, yeah. And I, I think when you look at the, the chatter on places like Facebook and stuff like that amongst, you know, normie conservatives, I don't think that's subtext. It's very much text that, no, yeah. that they would like to kill off this portion of the population. I saw, I saw a tweet that was like, um, Oh, what was it? It was something like, uh, you're, you bring your pronouns and you'll be six feet under or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a and lot Twitter, of that, Twitter was though. like, no, this is fine. This doesn't break yeah. our rules. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hashtag Twitter pride. Damn. Wow. Yeah. They didn't tell blue check to fuck off. So apparently it's okay. <laughs> Everything short of that is okay. Um, well, maybe like let's let's go in. I mean, we talked about these four categories. Maybe we should explore them a little bit. So, you know, the classroom discussion. You know, I, I think it gets you know pithily called the "Don't Say Gay" bill or whatever. But I, what what does it really mean as far as you know, uh, you know what you could do? Maybe. Yeah the 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 very like legal uh, framework that this bill espouses is actually quite vague. And Mm -hmm. that's the intention, right? The intention is to uh, make it vague enough that uh, it can be 
um, applied or the consequences can be like punishments can be applied as a result of interpretation. So as I understand it, a lot of these bills are, we don't want discussion of like gender or sexual, gender identities or sexuality in like this age range. And a lot of times it's K through, excuse me, it's K through three. Sometimes it's K through like six. I think mm-hmm. there's one bill that's like K through 12. But the effort here, of course, this the subtext of this is not um, the, I, I've seen some, some teachers do like a malicious compliance of like, okay, I'm taking mm-hmm. every book that mentions a, a gendered pronoun out of my classroom. I'm taking every reference of a heterosexual relationship out of my classroom. There will mm. only be gender neutral uh, greetings and affirmations and books and texts in my classroom, um, which I love that approach. Of course, yeah. it like riles yeah. all of the wrong people um, in a good real, way. Real good pedantic poster energy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So okay, it's a biologic move, but uh, I love it. It's good. Yes. Yeah. But, exactly. But not indicative exactly. of what's actually going to happen under this. No, of right? course not. Yeah. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the subtext of that is, um, well, any any of the normal kinds of relationships or identities are fine to talk about. Mm. But um, anything that is uh, divergent um, or or different, um, or there's another D word that I can't think of mm. <laughs> that describes deviant, this. Um, yeah. Deviant, there we go. Yes, yeah. deviant. Um, none of those can be discussed, right? We can't have those discussed in the classroom because it's, it's far too early, mm-hmm. um, which is total PS. I mean, you can look at personal account after personal account, study after study of like kids who really know who they are um, at a very early age. Um, and um, I mean, even just speaking, you know, from my, my personal experience, um, I grew up in a setting where um, the thought of being transgender was impossible, um, where Anyone who was trans was like sick or unwell or like mentally unhealthy. And, you know, I was growing up and thought, well, like, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm any of those things. Um, Like, I don't feel like I'm unwell or unhealthy. So I don't know. I guess I must not be trans. That's fine. I'll shove those feelings down for Mm. two decades. um, And I'm sure nothing will happen. Um, (laughs) Surprise. You don't stop being trans um, Mm -hmm. just because you think that that's not it. Um, and so the, I, I say that because even the just sheer awareness of other identities, of um, other sexualities, of other gender identities, not even in a uh, like overtly sexual context, right? But just in a, this is a way that you can exist. Mm-hmm. This is a way that you can be, would have totally changed my, uh, my trajectory. Uh, and yeah. as, as, as a young adult. Um, and I know that that's the case for, for students now. Um, and so what they're trying to do there is put them in my position, right? Of like, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which again, doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. You can't stop being trans. Like, and that's, I yeah. think that's, that's like so fundamental to some of these arguments is this idea that like something can make you trans. Um, and it's, it's, um, Got news for for people. You you do not get made trans. You mm-hmm. you simply are. Yeah. <laughs> you just are trans, and you realize that you are, and then you 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 make moves in the direction or not. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it has those callbacks to the old conspiracies of like Jews stealing Christian babies for either sacrifice or transformation, right? And all this kind of stuff. I mean, the internal panics. I mean, from the other side of it, too, I mean, there's been some stories of teachers who are now under fire for this because, say, you're a, you know, a teacher who is gay or whatever and has a husband or something like that or, you know, a wife. Little kid for people who are not aware, which is all of our listeners who don't have kids, because not a single one of our listeners has ever had sex. But for people who are unaware, <laughs> little children are not content with just talking about the lessons in the classroom, but will bug you incessantly about your personal life and things like that. And it puts these teachers in a really awkward position where essentially, in order to pr- protect their jobs, they become non people. You know, they have no life that they can talk about, at least outside of their classroom. I mean, it like is that. it is kind of the the like Republican dream of like you are not a person outside mm-hmm. of your job. Like you do not exist for anything other than the labor that you provide. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I mean, I think we're going to find that this will be a theme going forward about this stuff is that none of this is going to really hold up to a lot of actual real world scrutiny, but it is going to hold up to a conservative worldview that they want to enforce and that's really all that matters i mean that's that's what this is you know this isn't uh they don't care that this doesn't make sense like you know medically or something like uh any of this stuff they they wanted to cause pain and chaos and also to be a tool that can be selectively enforced like all laws you know when you to have something you can hold over somebody and just to demonstrate uh, that they're trying to shove homosexuality, transsexuality back in the closet, even if it doesn't work, you know, they can be doing they can be on the crusade doing it. You know, the um, the don't say gay bill, the one in Florida actually passed into law, right? Yes, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that the only place that that has that it is so far into law? I believe so. OK, Um. But uh, like Ohio's got it's, it's it on the docket, the I think. Place. Yeah, it's yeah, not lots the of other place places. It's being discussed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like Florida has been used as a test case, just like Texas is a test case. This other one. I mean, uh-huh. it has a very Alec like structure of, you know, these are obviously being centrally constructed bits of legislation tested in individual states and then spread, mm-hmm. which I think you had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Madison. Mm-hmm. I mean, which, you know, I mean, again, go back to the to Alec, uh, you know, th- that has been the conservative strategy for about 30 years is to, to run through to run state bills through these sort of networks, right? Laboratories, uh, democracy. Yeah. Again, it like, it, uh, it's so frustrating to, to be on the sidelines and see a political tactic that works. Mm-hmm. Like that sucks. That sucks. It's yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm just coming into this realization of, of like <laughs> how, um, politically dead the Democratic Party is. But, um, yeah. Well, I mean, that assumes yeah. they want to do anything. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. That's this thing. You've got two, the two parties are one that want to, like, exterminate a bunch of people and one that doesn't give a shit about anything except yeah. maintaining the power of capital. They, The Democrats are in the worst position there because, you know, for the fascistly minded, like this shit doesn't have to make any sense. It just has to be convenient for your power, for who you want to oppress. So you can throw up whatever like incoherent bullshit makes sense for the piece of your worldview that matters in that moment, which is why it's so easy to do this. Why you don't even have to we can get into how popular this kind of stuff is. But like 
they can do this shit that is designed to uh, rile up a certain part of their base to gratify the sort of worst uh, impulses of the worst people in America. And, you know, to what degree the people pushing this stuff are doing it, you know, for purely like electoral gains or they really want to hurt, you know, uh, LGBTQ people. Um, it doesn't really matter. Like they don't, they don't care, you know, who gets crushed under the boot of all this. And that makes it, that makes it easy to do politics. Like that's, that's a cheat code when you're like, yeah, like I don't care how many people die because of this. Uh, I don't care what the, like the hurt and chaos it causes that that gives you like, that like that opens up the table on a lot more things that happen to fit your story. You know, I don't remember. There's some, some, some famous person said this quote of like, give, give the white man someone to get angry at and you won't realize he won't realize that you're picking his pocket. Something, something to that effect. I don't know if that rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, sounds, sounds about right with American correct, history. Right. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, but I think, I mean, as, as we, as we talk about this, I think having the, um, the core understandings of, uh, like Republicans are probably trying to erode public education right yeah. that's that's certainly one inroad another mm-hmm. inroad is they um they want to give big cultural wins to their base because it gives them something to be riled up about and something to get them to the voting booth even if like everything gas prices blah 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 you know joe brandon mm-hmm. doing his thing like uh having cultural wins and cultural like sort of incision get, gets people there um and I think that having that in the background sort of helps color like why all of this stuff is happening. Yeah, because I mean, you know, Greg, you're saying like, no, this has to be internally consistent. But the thing is, all of this is actually internally consistent. Well, it doesn't have uh, to be externally yeah. consistent. It has to be yes, internally yeah. consistent. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, there it is. Well, and even like the external, I mean, because you're, you're totally right. I mean, a lot of what we're going to talk about is that part of the Republican project of getting rid of public schools, which is a project that Democrats share, which is why they're not doing anything about any of this. Um, but the, you know, the argument about getting rid of them has always been that they're deviant, you know, now in traditional Republican ideology, it's deviant for a different reason that they're expressing here, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an abnormal, you know, it's an aberration on American capitalism and society to have public schools. Uh, but the other part of it is, you know, women belong in a certain place of the structure, right? In the conservative view of the world, right? Uh, gay and trans people and all that kind of stuff are some sort of absurd aberration that must have happened because women got out of that place <laughs> in the hierarchy, right? And you got to put them right back, right? And, you know, back in like 1912, they're much more honest about that. And they said that, you know, the place of women is, you know, earning half of what men do to keep men's wages down. But, you know, now it's just about sports, you know, and uh, uh-huh. whatever, you know. But let's, you know, before we get too much into this, though, I let, let, so the gender affirming care for kids. So, yeah, again, to Texas. Yeah, maybe explain a little more what that's uh, kind of hitting at. Yeah, before we before we touch on that, just one last segue back into Florida. Um, mm-hmm. Disney's in the news, as yeah. they say, yeah. um, as a result of this, which is which is fascinating. It's become sort of a cultural flashpoint for the right of like, you know, calling back to Disney's trying to groom our kids. What's hilarious in a very macabre sense is Disney, uh, by and large, like funded a lot of the efforts for the Don't Say Gay Bill. 
Yeah. Um, and their response, their initial response, at least. In, in what way? Like meaning one, the politicians like DeSantis in yes. Florida? Yeah. One so that they, I've they, heard. Yes. They had put money behind, I believe, both the politicians and the some of the groups that like put forward this legislation. Yeah. Um, I think they put they put funding in all of the entities that like not all, but many of the entities that worked towards this legislation, right? The, ex- the executives at Disney. Yeah, yes. the, 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 the biggest, yeah. the richest people there, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. And hilariously, one of, um, uh, I think the, uh, the, like one of the official Disney correspondents said, um, uh, Disney, we understand how important this issue is to our LGBTQ plus employees and many others. For nearly a century, Disney has been unifying force that brings people together. We are determined that it remains a place where everyone is treated with dignity and respect. The biggest impact we can have in creating a more inclusive world is through the inspiring content we produce, <laughs> the welcoming <laughs> oh, culture we create here, and the diverse community of organizations we support, including those representing the LGBTQ community. Um, again, <laughs> right after they had come to fund this bill, like made legitimate movements towards harming LGBTQ people. They're like, oh man, the best we can do is like maybe put you in a movie. And Disney yeah. has like several times. Oh my God. I, I can't tell you how many headlines I've read. That's like Disney's first LGBTQ character <laughs> over the yeah, last uh, year and a half. It's absurd. Absurd. So sorry. Yeah. Anyway, back to, back to Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the transphobia. There, um, the, the gender affirming care ban is an effort to prevent, um, trans youth from receiving what's considered gender affirming care. Um, I think what's typically put in through mainstream media is this sense that like 11 year olds are getting, um, like gender reassignment surgery and that's what gender affirming care is, which is just false. It's mm. like actually wrong. I remember having a conversation with a relative to that to that extent where he he had said something of like, um, well, it's just like I don't uh, you know, I don't support parents who like let their 14 year olds have like no surgery or whatever. And I'm like, these kids are not having surgery. Yeah. Like none of yeah, these kids yeah. are having surgery. This affirming care is by and large um puberty blockers. Um, and so for folks who like don't know what that is, you know, when you are uh, like a young adult, you go through puberty, right? But for trans people, that puberty can be uh, permanently damaging um, for uh, sort of their their outlook and for the rest of their life. And a lot of like trans people who don't receive this care early on end up spending lots of money trying to reverse the effects of this like very harmful puberty experience. And so puberty blockers are um uh, like medication that um that trans teens and young adults can take which just prevent the effects of puberty and prevent them to the extent um where once they are uh sort of once they become you know like legally adults or whatever then they can start to make the decisions that they would like for the rest of their gender affirming care right there's no one who's there's there you know they love to have these stories of like, I walked into a clinic and then walked out with hormones five minutes later. That does not happen 
Oh my God, the red tape that trans people have to go through to get anything in this yeah, country. Famously, so very difficult, yeah. Well, also, like, yeah. imagine going into any doctor's office for any reason in America and walking yeah. out with anything that you need. Like That's the truth of it. That's so absurd it. on its yeah. face. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah so... Like, there's only one part of the American healthcare system that works. It's this one. But, <laughs> but, I yeah. wish. I wish it was that easy to trans someone. Oh my God. It would be a much better world. Let me tell you. But yeah, and I, and I think too, like uh, from what I've seen from the Texas bill, you know, it, it's mainly referring to, yeah, things like puberty blockers and things like, like hormone blockers and things mm-hmm. like that. But you know, I, I've also heard people in Texas that are saying things like, particularly within the school system, like for a school counselor, does this mean if a kid comes to me and says, you know, expresses that they have feelings that they might be trans or whatever, right? You know, does this then mean that I can't tell them anything? Do I have to, you know, like it, it you know, it puts a sort of pall of fear around just the entire topic, which is the point, obviously, yeah, yeah. right? Um, you know, if you're... If you're a child therapist, right, what does that mean? You know, when you talk to your kid, you talk to your patients, your kids, right? You know? Yeah. I can't, frankly, I can't remember if it's the don't say gay category or if it's the anti, um, like, healthcare category that, uh, but one of those puts teachers and, um, like, school counselors and whatnot in this position of almost, like, mandated reporting for gender deviance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) In Texas. Absurd. Yeah, in oh Texas, they have mandated reporting as child because it's mm-hmm. it's now labeled as child abuse, right? I mean, Which, this is the is, most maybe most horrifying part of the text. I mean, denying yeah. the uh, kids the gender affirming care, even just the the counseling and whatever that would lead up possibly to a decision yeah. to to delay puberty is bad enough. But yeah, the real horror stories coming out of Texas are right are like um, people being uh, legally required to report families with trans kids uh, mm-hmm. of child abuse for investigation by the child protective services. Um, well, and that's happening, right? Like this is going yeah. on. I'd love to read like a couple of this. These are not like Please. real scenarios. Yeah, but, yeah go for um, it. Jillian Branstetter like put forward a couple of sort of supposed scenarios of like what this now means for trans mm-hmm. teens in Texas. Um, POV, you're the mother of an 11-year-old trans kid in Texas. One of your child's classmates caught COVID, and now your kid has a fever of 102 and a hacking cough. Do you take them to the ER knowing the nurses may report you as a child abuser? POV, you're a 16-year-old trans girl who just moved to Dallas with your family. You begin dating a boy and confide in him that you're trans. He threatens you and says he'll report you and your family unless you do what he says. What do you do? Who can you talk to? POV, you're a single mother of a 14-year-old transgender boy and you have sole custody from your abusive ex-husband. He demands that you revoke your PFA and cancel your child support agreement or he'll report you as a child abuser. What do you do? Like, this is not just, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, I can't get my puberty blockers. This is like, how am I supposed to live and exist with any sense of safety in any area of my life now as a trans person or as a parent of a trans kid in Texas? Yeah, and this is one of those things about policing that people get sort of wrong. I mean, it, for obvious reasons, we focus on the uh, viscerally horrifying aspects of, you know, prison, you know, police abuse, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But really, laws are about creating panopticons in the society mm-hmm. itself, right? And it's reshaping society into this, yeah, the spy society where everybody mm-hmm. is ratting on everybody, where you could be turned in at any moment. And it 
makes life horrifying for the people who live under it, but it also makes them very docile for the people who want to hire them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and as far as POVs, I mean, those are things that this person is throwing out as like, hey, these are thought experiments. Think about this. But we already know from, you know, migration law and what's happened amongst undocumented immigrants that this is exactly what happens is you mm-hmm. don't get medical care because you're afraid that you mm-hmm. might get turned in and, and arrested, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it does have real life, life and death consequences. Even, yeah. You know, this, these, well, and, go ahead. Sorry. Go on. Um, as soon as like this law went into effect, um, among the first to be investigated, um, via a state protection service or was a state protection services uh, employee whose transgender kid is 16 in Texas. Mm-hmm. They started the process to try and take this, this like uh, child protective services person's kid from this agent. Um, it, it just, yeah, it's, it's like immediate. Right. Um, and I, I think what I was saying earlier too is um, I think that case was like ultimately dropped and maybe even, you know, Joe Brandon himself stepped in on that one. I, I, I can't quite remember, but the, the actual legal traction of this um, is important, um, but not the full picture, right? Mm-hmm. Because the full picture becomes um, that marginalized people, gender minorities are scared to exist. And yeah, what we're what mm-hmm. we're seeing, even as a result of this, is a huge uptick in just general transphobia, right? Um, I have a, a like a couple of notes on this, but um, there was a there was a video going around of like a woman accosted on the subway train um, because she was she was transgender. Yeah. Um, oh, I awful! Saw Terrifying. Re- yeah, mm-hmm. I saw a report of a young woman who was barred from a like a dress shop for buying a prom dress because she was trans. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, it's, you, you get this like rising sea level of transphobia that, um, regardless again of like the legality or the laws or like even any sort of jail time that might accompany this makes it just inhospitable for trans people to exist. Yeah. And I mean, there was a, a story that came out a few days ago, uh, about one of Dallas's many awful suburbs full of disgusting fucking, uh, track housing and whatever. But where uh, there was a school where the principal had ordered the teachers to remove, you know, they had like GSA style like stickers, you know, mm-hmm. on their thing, you know, like like gay student alliance. I mean, like very like this is like the kind of milk toast shit that's been happening for like thirty years in schools or whatever. But you put a little sticker on your door that this is a safe space, you know, and uh, but literally the princi- again the floor, <laughs> yeah, the, like, the floor, like, the floor. Yeah. yes. It, this is stuff that was like milk toast in Lubbock, Texas in 2001, right? And like, you know, now this principal is having them all removed because they were afraid of the political message it was sending. And, you know, one of the more hilarious complaints uh, that it also meant the teachers that didn't have them on their door, that implied that was an unsafe space for, you know, these kids. Or but Show me the lie. Yeah. And the, the reason, you know, yeah, I mean, it's even though Texas the law that they pass is not the same as the one in Florida, right? So it's not a don't say gay bill or whatever. We can already see how that's still becoming de facto law in Texas, right? Because this is what you do by creating this atmosphere of fear and this atmosphere of uh, sort of snitching and retaliation, right? You know? Yeah. It, on, on multiple levels too, like, I mean, you know, the the scumbag on that sub, in that subway video, who's just freaking out, it's just some, just some, 
fucked up dickhead who's gotten riled up by whatever fucking cable news or talk radio he listens to that this is being talked about all the this um gay and trans panic and the grooming shit and and, th- and that giving him permission to act out you know in this like violent way and that's you know that leads to yeah people getting fucking beaten and murdered in subways and streets mm-hmm. uh, in alleyways and then on the other level that you know we started talking about where on the legal end of it like all of our laws like our our society is organized on a like a law enforcement model of labor discipline where you have these laws of all kinds everything is as we've often said everything is illegal in america and the point of that is so that at some time you can someone more powerful than you can't hold something over you that you did that was a crime uh apparently and that's just this very convenient like blanket way to reinforce uh hierarchies to reinforce a power structure that just gives it's just gives everyone in society uh who has power a little more power over people who don't because they can use some fucking bullshit law to fuck with them and this is a new category of that that's i mean it's not new really but it's a category of that that is you know just particularly cruel to a particular group of people Um, but it's 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 working out this way because these are the tools that are available to power in america this is like basic you know all this law this kind of shit is they just had to change a few words you know it's all there it's baked into our whole system yeah it's not um difficult for states to adopt right yeah Uh, no because uh i mean there's already so much like as you say there's already so much policing that exists yeah of um, people's bodies of the way people like interact with other people that it's it's straightforward to just extend it to this new area um and when we talk about that like general fear one of the fears that i you have to like just uh, again, take a step back and think about how mind-boggling this is. One of the fears that I live with is a transgender athlete succeeding. Mm, uh, yeah, and seeing seeing that news, I hate it. I hate seeing that news, not because it's bad news to see, but it's oh shit, here we go again, right? Yeah. It's it's um, oh god, like this is this is going to be yet another attack on us. Like a trans person succeeds at something. And my initial reaction is, ah, damn, like this, this is going to suck for us. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's just, it's like, oh my God, it's so, so awful to live with. Even outside of sports. I mean, you know, if you have trans women succeeding anywhere. You're going to have a certain type of white woman, yeah. like suddenly think uh, you're horning it on their, like the uh, power they've eked out of of uh patriarchal society God. you know the 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 um like news interviews of the 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 athlete who came in 17th in the race that leah thomas got first in mm-hmm. 17th 17 yeah and and she like was uh screaming about how trans women are like taking away spots from cis women and it's like mm-hmm. you you could have beat any of the other 15 cis women. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. here you are. You're seven. It sounds like you're just Ugh. slow. That's yeah. what it sounds like. It sounds like oh you need to get God. good. Like the kids say. <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, God. Well, well, and like also Utah. Has a no, a, you know, a no, a, the conservative nose for rift, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, Utah had put through one of the sports bills that they had put through um, was a transgender athlete ban in high school sports, I believe. And Utah, the state of Utah, has one transgender woman athlete in their high school sports program. One mm-hmm. in the entire state of Utah. How much money and effort and time went to excluding this one girl from her sports team? Yeah. Absurd. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, so that's so it's a question. I mean, maybe let's dive into that. Like on the surface for that reason, for the fact that like, we're talking about a relatively small number of cases in a lot of these places. And also that like, I don't know. How do I say this? Like it's sport. It's like it's school sports. Like who really cares how what happens even at all? Um, that was like the biggest lie with the whole Leah Thomas thing. Is like wow, this many people care about women's swimming. Right. <laughs> Damn. So, so like it, it'd be tempting for me to say like this is maybe the tame, and I think it, maybe it still it probably is sort of the tamest uh, uh, vector of attack here. Um, but like you know, talk to us about how it what the real effects of it what the uh the point of it is like you know what it's doing to people and how it is nonetheless affecting uh trans kids and trans athletes i guess even adult athletes you know yeah i mean it's 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 yet another it's yet another area where those in power are saying you do not have a right to exist um in in the the form that you think you have the right to exist in the form that everyone else has the right to exist in. You do not have the right to exist. One thing that I was surprised by, I mean, I shouldn't be right. um, While doing um, some research today was like Washington state actually uh, had a bill put forward for a um, transgender ban in sports. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I mean, of course it went nowhere, right? God bless. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, um, so prevalent um and i had talked about sort of the the background radiation the white noise that this that this all adds up to um you know the cdc as as much as they don't believe in science <laughs> um the <laughs> cdc did like release a survey that um that noted that nearly half of lgbtq kids in the us have considered harming themselves um which um, is very hard to hear. Um, mm-hmm. it's awful. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, just difficult to convey again, like what, um, it feels like, uh, from a personal level to have, um, I mean, I, like the sport, again, you had said the sports thing is, um, uh, what, what did you say? Like the easiest factor, right. To, mm-hmm. to get into this. Um, but what it it plays a part in this larger mosaic of shutting um, trans people out from like any aspect of life or happiness. Yeah. Um, and I mean that that ties into like the bathroom bill stuff, right? Stuff is getting really bad in the UK thanks to you know J.K. Rowling and and ilk. Um, to the they just shut where... Hogwarts down already. I'm telling oh you. My God. Those British boarding schools not doing anybody any good. Well, you know, I don't uh, think we can blame J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is a product of the island of Britain, which is I, well, completely diseased from <laughs> sea level up. Uh, so, like, yeah. I mean, like trans people are having a harder time actually yeah. using the the bathrooms that they should use in the UK. 
which mm-hmm. I'm sure that J.K. Rowling doesn't see a problem with this because yeah. in her universal canon of the Hogwarts universe, um, wizards just like crap themselves and then magically make it disappear. So like public bathrooms are <laughs> apparently a solved problem in the Harry Potter world. Yeah. Well, that's um, so fucked up. I remember like, you know, the, the trans, the bathroom panic, you know, is one, one of the great all time insan- American insanities, but like it really largely, it went nowhere. Like even was it North Carolina ended up going, you know, backpedaling and saying, ah, we don't want, we can't take this heat because no one liked it. Everyone thought it sucked and no one cares like no one actually mm-hmm. in real life gives a shit only talk the about we- perverts only right? the, the, the weird people who want to inspect in America. genitals when you go yeah. into the bathroom and right luckily, we're the perverts for using the bathroom but no if you want to ask what my genitals are that's perfectly valid that's totally normal very acceptable thing to do in society yeah and as much as tra- transphobia may be like a real current in america like get next up of actually really giving a shit who's walking into a bathroom <laughs> next to you is like way beyond like what anybody but the a tiny minority of absolute freaks like mm-hmm. depraved psychos care about and what i hear you telling me is that in britain like it's actually a problem <laughs> it's like, a very significant issue oh my god that tells you everything yeah. well and again it's i don't i don't you should care about trans people because yeah. they're people right yeah but even if not, right? <laughs> the the bathroom shit affects cis women way more, way more than trans women. Oh, yeah. If you are a gender non-conforming cis woman, if you have a short haircut, be ready to be harassed in yeah. the bathroom because Literally. suddenly you put a question mark on what your genitals are for the worst sickos in America. Mm-hmm. Oh my so, uh, like, it affects you too. It's just, oh yeah, because there's like a thousand op-ed columnists around America who have stationed themselves outside of every bathroom. So <laughs> check this. Now, I mean, I mean, this kind of gets back though to I think some of the underlying things because we say the bathroom bill stuff didn't go anywhere, but if you remember, like, you know, Katie's article about bathrooms in Seattle, the you know the, the Seattle Times push on it was all about a very particular type of bathroom, which was public bathrooms at parks. And I think they did spend that bathroom panic into closing, you know, getting, you know, Seattle parks to like lock up more bathrooms, which has been a longstanding goal. Now, of course, it has nothing to do with trans people or anything like that. It's about attacking the homeless, the other population that we love to treat yeah. like absolute shit. But like, you know, I, I think that that has been a big motivating factor of like why newspapers especially are really psyched about printing all this stuff. Um, you know, I mean, yet again, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, an edifice of, like you are not allowed to exist in public mm-hmm. spaces. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to make it impossible for you to do so. And I, and I also think the very, I think what the project of both liberals and conservatives is because it's the project of capitalism is to question the very existence of public spaces. This is why they hate public education. They actually don't believe the public is entitled to anything. You should have to pay for it. And parks, you know, like central park, used to be not accessible to anybody but the wealthy in New York, right? Like, th- that is actually how they see America working, is you should have to pay some sort of fee to be in a park. You know, you should have to pay whatever, right? Um, and, uh, and, I, and I think it is about closing down these public spaces. 
Now, you can't just show up with your monocle and your money bags and be like, you know, only I'm actually I'm, <laughs> I'm wealth passing. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one who's supposed to say you have to give people something they can actually like sink their teeth into. And so you create these panics. And, Somebody's going to clock me as poor. <laughs> well, yeah. well, that's, yeah. that's, you know, this comes back to what I said about convenience, the convenience of uh, fascist uh, scapegoats and and programs and panics is that you can just find whatever lines up everybody's uh like hang-ups you know like Mm -hmm. you just you can find what works for everybody even if it makes no sense as incoherent oh a a bunch of us want to get rid of public schools and are really hopped up about that um well that we can use uh this thing that other people are really fucking wild about which is you know uh, just punishing trans people and gay people for existing. Uh, and let's come up with some bullshit that does both, you know, that just conveniently does both of those things. I mean, it's that simple yeah. for them because they don't give a shit who dies because of it. Well, and I think the sports thing is another sort of, I mean, one it is of all this stuff, the thing I've heard just people just randomly in my life complain the most about is the sports stuff that really is affecting people on some level. But I remember having arguments about Title IX in college in like the early 2000s, which Title IX had been settled law for three decades by then, you know? Yeah. But having Title IX arguments uh, because a single female player had joined a college football team (laughs) as a kicker at the University of New Mexico. So we're having, you know, drag out fights about Title IX and like what, you know, access women should have to sports. And I got to tell you, the absolute underlying cause of or like reasoning behind all this argument was that women are inherently inferior. That was their baseline argument, right? Which, yes, it's like women are inferior. Oh, my God. Be allowed to participate in these things. So wild to to hear feminists, air quotes, Mm -hmm. um, like come from that position of like women are inferior. So like we have to have our own category. There are so many sports categories so cool. where women kick ass and yeah. like chew the yeah. men and spit them out. I think um, like shooting is one of them. They had yeah. to separate those. They had to bifurcate it by gender because the women were just dominating that sport. Um, and of course, oh my God, the genetic advantage. You have to thank South Park for this representation <laughs> of trans women, right? Really, as, as, like, mm. a, as like a cultural thing. Um, but the, the the idea that trans women have a genetic advantage is um, wild because yeah. uh, my dude, um, who's that? Who's that famous swimmer? What's the name? Michael Phelps. My dude, yeah. Michael Phelps has a genetic advantage. Yeah. yeah, he has he has lungs that hold like way more air than other people. Like, yeah. do we create another category for that? Yeah, that's he has a sports. genetic advantage over everybody around <laughs> yeah. him. That's yeah. that's sports, you know? And I mean, and the thing is, too, <sighs> is that sports, I mean, the funny part about all that shit is it presumes that we're, of course, all uh, competing at this exact peak level, right? Which is the vast majority of sports says uh, nobody has any advantage. Everybody's bad at it. And it's mainly a shit show. And the thing was, in the early 70s, there was a small contingent within feminism that argued that instead of doing Title IX, where you know women, you just have a separate category called women's sports that has to be funded, they argued that sports should just be integrated. Like, yeah. women should just be allowed to be on men's teams, and we should just get rid of the notion of gendered sports. And honestly, I, this proves we should have fucking oh done that. Here's, yeah. like, here's what's fucking wild. That is like the turf mindset. Is that like the actual turf mindset is like 
gender isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, like, you're a man because you were born a man. Um, but, like, gender is not a thing. So, like, it doesn't really matter. But, like, also, we need to bifurcate by gender. Like, the yeah. just <laughs> the, yeah. the, the total dissonance. A- anytime you, you go down the, 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 the trans women in sports thing, you come up with all these, this nonsense that doesn't make sense. And you come out the other side of it, like, I guess all the, the only real problem here is, yeah, at some point, some trans woman is going to be just really, really good. And that's going to confuse a lot of people. It's going to make a lot of people think like something went wrong here. And I think we're just not going to solve that without abolishing gender. <laughs> and we're probably not going to do that just for sports. But wouldn't it be funny if we did, wouldn't it be funny if uh, we all, this whole shitty society came together to have a big, like, knockdown drag out fight about, like, how, how to sort out gender in sports? And, like, everybody got in that conversation and somehow walked away, like, going, yeah, let's just, let's just get, a, get rid of gender. Let's sports was the straw that broke the gender hegemony's back. Like, <laughs> damn, that'd be wild. Yeah, that'd be pretty well, funny. And, oh my god, some of the some of the funniest, like actually funny stuff to come out of Turf Twitter is this notion of like, oh, like we can always tell if you're trans. Such a <laughs> such a so lie. Good. I saw one tweet of um, it was this. There's like this. Uh, I forget her name. I feel I think it's like Alice or something. There's this trans woman who's like an MMA fighter. Um, and she was up against this other MMA fighter and it was a picture of both of them next to each other. Um, and, uh, the trans woman was on the right and she was a little bit shorter. Oh yeah. This one was on the left and she was like much taller. And (laughs) there was some turf in the comments, like, um, just talking about this, like tall man who's like fighting in the ring and like, shouldn't be allowed. (laughs) Yeah. So good. My, my, my friend, (laughs) my, my brother in Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I mean, that, that's the kind again, of thing. Uh, sorry, again, yeah. cis women. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I think so many of them, it, it's incredible because th- this argument, it just, again, always comes back to women have to have this protection or cis women or whatever category they decide to write, you know, build around themselves have to have this protection because they, women are inherently, you know, unequal, right. And physical, whatever, and all this, most sports are by the way, not particularly physical. So I guess mental prowess as well or whatever. And it's just this hilarious acceptance of sexism, right. Just like right off the bat, which is what they begin with. And it's, uh, I mean, you, I got to tell you, like when we were arguing about Title IX, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, it was a lot of women that were like the most vociferous people about like, no, like, you know, integrated sports would be a disaster. Some of them were like, I don't know that like women should have sports at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like all this kind of shit. It's, and I just think it goes to show, uh, you know, I mean, sexism is incredibly internalized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, thing. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, save sports, abolish gender. That's how we do it. Yeah. This <laughs> hey, look, program. In Starship Troopers, they showed us yep. the path to integrated yes, a sports. Lot of things. Uh, a lot of things, yeah. Yeah, so all we need is uh, uh, just a space fascism. <laughs> we'll get there. Space yeah. fascism, and then we're fine. <laughs> we're fine, yeah. So I think we pretty well established for ourselves here that, like, even if um, with the, the sports stuff, it's ultimately directed at a ludicrously small number of uh, trans athletes that it is harming, that even that 
is part of a larger project of attacking uh, gay and trans rights, gay and trans people, so that even the more immediate and horrifying uh, things like in Texas, the the families and uh, kids who are being immediately terrorized and harmed by the child abuse bill, even if that stuff, the, mo- the worst stuff, is uh, struck down in the courts, possibly. I mean, we know those challenges are going to come. That in some ways, like a lot of damage will have been done. A project will have been moved forward. The experiments will have generated data. And, you know, people will be scared. A lot of people hopefully will have left Texas, I mean, for their own good. And so it's like clear to us the scope of this project is um, the eradication of all gay and trans uh, people and uh, rights and values from the culture. So, you know, we wouldn't get lulled into a false sense of security by the fact that um, only like one athlete in Utah is being affected by that legislation there. Uh, but you know, I mean, is anyone else getting fooled by this, Madison? uh, Numbers don't matter, right? To the right. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, and we saw that with, um, Seattle, right? Seattle was a, was a burning Antifa wasteland for like six months. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fine. I guess. Um, (laughs) so like number, numbers don't matter, but it's really about like a foothold. Right. Um, because, and this is, you had mentioned this at the very top, Greg, like this is not uh, going to be the end. And of course, some of our, our, the, the transphobes that exist within the LGBTQ community are suddenly looking around and wondering, well, wait, wait a sec. No, 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 that's not me. I like, I'm a pick me queer and I'm not one mm-hmm, of those mm-hmm. bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you attacking me now? This isn't right. Something, something's not right. Yeah, I, I think there's a definite opinion of, you know, around a certain very comfortable class of the gay community that is convinced that nothing can ever change and for them. And, uh, you know, of course, first and foremost, we have to mention our show's favorite uh, local uh, journalist, Katie Herzog. Katie Herzog. Uh, Katie, Katie, Katie. Uh, Katie was the perfect villain for the show. No, no, Greg, just end right there. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kate, yeah, Katie, uh, now, you know, known internationally, uh, for her, mostly for her transphobic bullshit, which is, uh, the angle, you know, of attack that we would take most often with her, but was perfect, uh, as a, a nemesis, because in addition to the reprehensible, uh, views and real like hatred for the trans community. Um, also just a really dim bulb, like a really dumb person, a lazy thinker, a very bad writer, a theme we're going to come across. <laughs> yeah. And, and that made it just so much easier and more fun. There's a part of one of her articles and a clip from our show of us reading it that lives rent free in my head when she's, uh, was writing about expansion of a third option uh, for uh, gender on state IDs, from which she squeezed out an entire column of some of the most fucking brain-dead shit we maybe ever read, which is saying something. (laughs) And and anyway, on the show, it ends up with me screaming and Colin summing it up by saying, uh, please grant my premise, which is false. (laughs) (laughs) I I might clip that in. Please do. 
She concludes this paragraph, uh, middling gender, a social construct may not be binary, but with few exceptions, sex is. So, just, so, just so with, with exceptions, if you, yeah, exceptions. If, if you haven't already just closed the tab and walked away, <laughs> like, why would you keep reading? You're like, oh, this is the dumbest person ever published what the fuck are on the you talking about? <laughs> She's just saying, well, uh, grant my premise, which is wrong. That's what yeah. she, which is not actually accurate. The fuck? The- I do have to say, like, I, I love to talk about the psychic damage. The sheer amount of psychic damage that it takes to interact with this stuff because it's mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it it really does damage to your brain yeah. of the way that these people think and operate in the world well and it i mean it it's a little embarrassing too because the people that are very successful at pushing this message right and become very good stalking horses for a lot of this shit uh, are some of the most idiotic fucking mediocre people that have ever existed and you just look and you think how is this so compelling to people but of course it's like well it's the repetitive nature it's that you get to hear it over and over and over and over again but uh you know katie Herzog joined by andrew sullivan another absolute dullard yeah if you're not um, familiar with andrew sullivan he you know he's like a blogosphere guy who mm-hmm. has for years now written for you know big like centrist publications uh new republic atlantic uh fucking or New York Magazine, and his beat has mostly over his career been, uh, I'm a racist. Hang on, hang on, listen. Uh, <laughs> hang on, that's because, because racism is good. And, no, and <laughs> no, no, stay with me here, because race is very real, and not only that, um, it should really be a major factor in how we interact with each other and, uh, Build society. Uh, how we yeah. order our this world. Man, walk around with such a large brain. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> real you have like a wheelbarrow for it. That's um, wild. Real <laughs> absolute scumbag. Uh, a British man who lives in America. <laughs> um, so that tells you a lot. Didn't and need the, to like, say it. Didn't need to say it. But yeah, has, has apparent in the text. You know, has more recently also, like Katie, gone on this. You know, I'm just asking questions from the center. Are we going too far with? Uh, transgender whatever uh form of transphobia yeah so i these people you know there's other people on this list you know the uh case friend jesse signal um who are these types of you know these you know journalists would be very generous but their function has been to from the center like launder transphobic bullshit for centrist publications and audiences uh, to just keep spouting this stuff out there that in that, you know, libertarian, I'm just asking questions sort of cadence. Um, that really, I mean, we've spent a, we spent a lot of episodes uh, tearing apart Katie's articles and uh, it was not hard to come and, you know, just knowing uh, her reputation around the community, uh, not hard to suss out if you, you really dig into it, that she really is a transphobe, really has a lot of, uh, bad feelings towards trans people and the same is true of andrew sullivan um and they have basically their function has been to lend legitimacy even if you actually read and think about the stuff and it makes no sense and it's bullshit by being in these publications you know they lend legitimacy to certain transphobic arguments uh katie in particular is famous for her article the detransitioners um about 
you know, gender affirming care and particularly gender affirming care for kids and the like, we're just asking questions like, Ooh, what are the outcomes here? How does this really, you know, this, we, we wouldn't want to do anything that's going to hurt kids. Um, and, you know, just sort of repeating the premise, this, uh, this could be really hurting kids. We're really hurting kids here, guys. There's an epidemic of uh, people pushing extremist trans ideology that's hurting kids, maybe just asking questions. And now, as this new wave of transphobia, you know, uh, crests here, well, hopefully crests. Yeah, we're seeing them like come out and, uh, well, I mean, what's happening? What are they, what are we seeing them do here? Like, uh, as they're being confronted by the, the, uh, the anti-gay in school panic. I mean, we, um, I, I don't know how like much of a widespread term this is, but like in, in the queer community, we typically tend to call them pick me's. Yeah. Assimilationist uh, gays. Yeah. Assimilationist. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those arguments are, are just, they're, they're so misguided, right? Um, it's, it's so disingenuous. And so what, what it, I mean, for, for, for these people, what happens is, you know, sort of what we've seen is, is they think like, oh, like I am a presentable and respectable, you know, member of whatever. And as you had said, Craig, because they're a member of a minority group, it lends a legitimacy against another minority group mm-hmm. because you, you have like people in power saying, well, look, like here's, here's like a lesbian who agrees with me. Um, or like, here's a gay man who agrees with me that trans people are awful. Um, and, uh, then you, you can use that as leverage, right? It's, it's, it's all stepping stones that you use to further this larger agenda. Um, and it's just frustrating that they don't see this, that the larger picture, right. Mm. Of it's, it doesn't stop with us. Yeah. I mean, their project is, look, they're conservative people. They're conservative little fascist minds who want to live in a traditionally ordered world with hierarchies that they want to have power and place in. And they also happen to be gay and they're not going to sublimate their own sexuality to fit into this power structure that they want to be a part of. And lucky for them because people have come before them who've worked very hard uh, and suffered have made it made spaces available to be out and gay and have places of power in society. They can have that, but they're still little fucking fascists and they want to show that they can be a part of that power structure and a part of that little uh, fascist world. And they need, they need to show like they're the, yes, we need to have, you know, gays need to have a place in this power structure, but look, we're not crazy. We're not saying, you know, these other sexual deviants do. Um, I saw people like posting uh, under the, these posts we're going to talk about. I saw people like posting uh, pictures of Ernst Roan and shit. Like, I mean, that's what it is. They're, they, and it's like you say, they don't see where it's going. Um, Cause all they see is wanting to be part of a power structure that is about oppressing people. And so they're like, yeah, look, I can do it too. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, the t- tweets I've got pulled up here are from, I guess that, yeah, this account uh, lives of TikTok, which posts like, you know, repugnant shit all the time, posted a video of 
a teacher like just telling his class that he was gay and there's you know uh a bun you know saying he should be immediately fired and there's a bunch of you know reprehensible comments and uh all this stuff and katie and andrew have you know interesting reactions um katie says this is the thing if you asked a straight teacher if she were straight and she said yes no one is going to accuse her of talking about her sex life if a gay person acknowledges that they are gay it's somehow talking about their sex life can you not see how dumb this is and like it's like yeah i mean what everyone's pointing out is that like this you have been a part katie you've been a part of this panic of stoking this panic you've been a part of you know by laundering this um you know, maybe maybe only a small part, uh, but by laundering these things in the centrist press, you know, it gets repeated a bu- to a bunch of, you know, mainstream liberals all the time who think who are kind of dumb themselves and don't read it very closely, aren't really thinking about it and think like, yeah, like, so there must be there must some be some reasonable debate to be had about like transgender uh, or gender affirming care for kids. Like how, we should have a blue ribbon commission and look into it or whatever. And this is, you know, this gets down to your legislators there. Then Katie herself is quoted in some of the briefs related to these bills from the, that org that was putting them out that you talked about, which is very funny. And, you know, you can imagine like even, uh, lawmakers who aren't, who let's say even Democrats in states like, Texas and Florida, who are, you know, a Democratic state lawmaker, some some of the dumbest people alive. Um, And you're looking at a cultural, a culture war issue, which uh, you can say, well, ah, aha, I can, here's a place where I can do my favorite thing as a Democrat, which is move to the right on something with cover because I think that's that's what my district wants. I need to show that I'm not too liberal. I'm not out there with the wacky zany left. I'm critical even of of going too far into whatever left uh Antifa LGBTQ and and this must be it. This is perfect because look, even right here, I've heard this stuff before this like I'm just asking questions. Um stuff about gender affirming care here, this stuff, same stuff I've seen. It's cited right in these briefs that are being handed to me. This looks like a place I can hedge on um, and go like, look, I'm not a crazy lefty. And this is exactly the stuff that is churning up this entire gay panic. Uh, And Katie Herzog has the audacity to, uh, uh, to buy your logic it. What a fucking moron. And to be surprised. To, yeah. to, to be surprised by it. Well, the thing is, is when you're like busy kicking all the people down off the ladder below you, yeah. you fail to see the boot that's coming down on your head a lot of the time. I don't think she, but I, I don't think she's expressing surprise here. No. She's doing her normal bit, the normal bit she yeah. does, which is, guys, um, it's okay to be gay. Uh, gay, a gay being gay being a gay man or a lesbian woman is a normal thing that can fit into any 
rigidly hierarchical fascist society, really, that's really in her heart of hearts to her. That's what the Nazis got wrong, right? Is they yeah. eventually turned on the gay Nazis. Okay, that, that's the kind of person we're talking about here. There's a certain mind who can be oppressed, who can be part of an oppressed class. And the only thing they're really pissed about is that they are not allowed into the in-group, you know? And that's Katie here. And that's all she's saying here. And not, and the, uh, what's lost in her, you know? So then she's confronted by some people with uh, this, uh, the accusation we've just laid out that, you know, you're a part of this whole fucking uh, grist mill. And she says later in another tweet, she says, uh, Caitlin Burns, who's a, a trans writer, I think it, uh, I mean, NBC, I think, um, is apparently blaming me for the spat of batshit crazy bills out of red states. Again, she was quoted. I think like blaming for this whole thing is like, a, is not really uh, correct, but like they are complicit. She is complicit. About to double down here. Uh, here's another story. Trans activists pushing way beyond basic civil rights and onto vastly unpopular positions like trans women in sports and pediatric transition are to blame. Just basically blaming trans people for this trans panic. You know, you've gone too far. This is your turning. You're turning the conservatives conservative. You're making them hate you. It's standard yeah. shit. Here's 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 another theory. Trans people pushing their right to exist. Maybe maybe that's what's caused the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe they should try not existing. Yeah. Um, and then we'd be fine, right? That's that's the Katie Herzog model. And if you and if you told her, and if you told her, like, is is that how you feel about the uh, gay rights movement that you were too young to really have any part in? Uh, she would say, "Do you you got to understand? Is the hypocrisy is not a factor? Okay. What she would say is, no, that's good. That that's me. That's who I am. That's what I want. I want to be the gay well, Nazi. But to be I clear, want to be the Ernst Rohn who lives. But to be clear, as we've learned from her uh, not being allowed to go to you know any lesbian bars in Seattle, uh, Katie also hates gays and lesbians who she considers to be too extreme. So I mean, she yeah. is the perfect yes, liberal, yes, right? Yes. If you were to ask her about like the gay rights movement, like, well, how do you think the gay rights movement achieved the successes that you got you in the position you are today? She would tell you through moderation. Yeah, yeah. And she would say it without blinking. I mean, she was the through, through appealing to the moral the moral yeah. compass of your oppressors, right? Yeah, yeah. that's how that's, all change is made. The thing that's definitely always worked. And you would, might say, "Well, that's fucking stupid," and doesn't match the history at all. But the thing is, she doesn't care about any of that because you know there <laughs> there was this article. Uh, there was this point at, uh, at one point where um, oh. Uh, Jenner, when Jenner tra uh, transitioned, God, I'm forgetting their name. Caitlin? Caitlin, Caitlin Jenner transitioned or whatever. And then was like, I'm voting Republican. And somebody wrote this article that was like, you guys are forgetting that Caitlin's most important identity is they're rich. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. again, again, class solidarity is yeah. strongest with the rich. It's yeah. not, it's, I, I mean, it is so possible. I mean, and this is apparent with all Pickneys, right? It's, it's um, not impossible for them to be inherently an identity and then also anti that identity. Yeah. Um, that's not a way that I could operate. That's not a way that I could exist in the world, but it seemingly is something that they're able to do 
you know, somersaults around um, yeah. and, and exists. And, and um, Caitlin's exactly the same way. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's uh, dizzying to see. I got mine. Well, yeah. And for, that's kick the ladder, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's exactly. And I mean, even though Katie has nowhere near that money, you know, Katie's whole position is I'm comfortable. Therefore, and I got there by essentially being, you know, never rocking the boat and never. Sorry, she has a blue check, so like, yeah. you know, she's yeah. she's right up there. <laughs> so there is, I guess. It's and this is this is like how you know comfortable people think. It's like, well, I got here by never rocking the boat, never raising my voice, and never doing anything. So therefore, that must be the way things happen. And it's like, you know, you'll never disabuse them of that because they're comfortable. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like <laughs> so. Here's uh, Andrew Sullivan reacting to the same like uh, vitriol uh, directed toward this gay teacher who, you know, told his class about himself. Um, Says, this is a perfectly sane teacher responding to kids' questions. It seems increasingly clear that this campaign is now driven by vicious homophobia. Moderates (laughs) take note. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, who could have seen this coming? Notes taken. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. And I mean, again, you know, a lot of people are pointing out at various times, you know, that Andrew Sullivan's a gay man, again, forgetting that his most important identity is he's British. And so, yes. <laughs> this <laughs> is, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're all trying to figure out who did this, right? But, I just, uh, I, oh my God. I, I, again, Let's go back to we're talking we're on we're on the aisles yet again. We're across the pond. So <laughs> let's 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 touch on JK Rowling. Um I'm gonna present a series of events, right? Um <laughs> an unfortunate one. Here's here's a headline. Uh, that's a better child series, actually. <laughs> um here's a headline. Vladimir Putin defends JK Rowling and claims the West is quote trying to cancel Russia. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that legitimately broke my brain. I had to take the rest of the day off because I was like, I this this <laughs> I can't I can't do anything <laughs> with this in my mind. Um Rowling having a champagne brunch with a group called Get the L Out, which is a group of lesbians against the rest of the alphabet. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um JK Rowling cozying up to a far-right anti-abortion religion extremist. Who campaigns against same-sex marriage on Twitter? She was um, uh, cozying up to uh, Caroline Farrow in the UK, um, mm-hmm. who's a, who's a member of Citizen Go. Um, at what point? At what point do you look at these events and 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 as the person who's who's like partaking in them say like? Are we the baddies? Yeah. <laughs> like, there was, oh my God, I saw one article. You have to do that I, in the I will accent. have to pull this up. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, I can't even, I can't even cosplay as a British person. I'm sorry. Um, I saw one article that was like, the Taliban may be bad, but at least they have their ideas of gender straight. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw that. Like, no, you don't actually have to hand it to the Taliban. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, for Rowling again, I mean, somebody who has rich their entire life, I mean, is a Tory. I mean, you know, what, what else can you expect from this? And, uh, has not only actually, I mean, has eaten children. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it, 
you talk about that, you know, one of the phrases that's come up a lot recently is the, you know, every accusation's a confession. I mean, has there been like a bigger mass organization of pedophiles than the Tory party ever, you know, in the history of the world? No. Yeah. I mean, the Republican party is doing its best. I mean, they're trying to get there. I mean, but uh, it's, you know, they'll, they'll never catch up. Look, you know, those are the guys that originated it, but yeah. Epstein was like just trying to take notes. You know, yeah. <laughs> just trying to even the score. I mean, that's probably why he's hanging out with Prince Andrew so much <laughs> to figure out. He's like, tell me more, you know. Um, but yeah, it's. You know, it, it's this insane thing in. For rallying, I mean, it's it's just such a funny all this stuff has come around in such a funny way in a sense that. Liberals on Twitter just couldn't stop quoting fucking J.K. Rowling for the entirety of 2016, you know, liberals in Seattle couldn't stop publishing fucking Katie Herzog for years. And you felt like you're banging your head against the wall being like, shut the fuck up. These people suck, <laughs> whatever, like stop doing. And uh, it's just come around in such a funny way. Will any of them learn a lesson? No, <laughs> nobody involved in this will learn any lessons. That's the one thing, but it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. I'm very excited. <laughs> Love to think and, about the future. Sorry, hottest take. Harry Potter wasn't even that good. Yeah, it sucks ass. And it's for babies. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's yeah. that shit for babies. Shit. If, if you like it and you're an adult, there's something wrong with you, actually. That we should pass laws against you, actually. It's I mean, if you it's if you take any any deeper than a surface level analysis of Harry Potter, you come up with a lot of questions. A lot of questions. <laughs> some 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 funny things that I that I enjoy recently. Um the newest Harry Potter film centers around um, the wizards trying to take out uh, this this quote unquote bad wizard who is um, trying to prevent the Holocaust. <laughs> so the good guys are trying to make sure that the Holocaust, Holocaust happens. happens. This is okay. Okay. That, sorry, no, that no, is no, no, no. Tory mindset. That's the movie. By the way. That's the movie. The video game that's coming out centers around a goblin conspiracy to take over. Uh, the the wizarding world and uh, kidnap children, right? For their for their goblin like uh, their goblin like endeavors. Um, it will not surprise you that goblins are almost a direct allegory to Jewish people in the J.K. Yeah. Rowling universe. Well, yeah, if that, I, you know, if that no even occurred to you, that makes it. you the anti-Semite. Okay. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, oh that is uh, that's pretty fucking telling. I, that's like every fucking why? Why is, is in every fucking like superhero fantasy movie like now the bad guys are the good guys like what like so plainly and obviously uh okay so let's try and like wrap this up here um you know with it's it's fun to make fun of katie herzog and andrew sullivan and that whole set but like i think we'd be going too far to really like blame them for this because they're playing a part in it but this current wave of um rabid uh, transphobia that's being stoked by this oppressive and awful legislation, uh, you know, is just like something that's being used in this moment to do the things we talked about. But like transphobia is has always been around. Um, I think it would be a mistake to settle into the kind of like progressive Whig thinking that I think you know probably like Katie and Andrew. Uh, metabolize the sort of gay experience through which is to think like 
you know, this this ever our society is just ever progressing forward and getting more progressive or more liberal, and that's why it's okay to be gay now. And you know, they're trying to stop that. On the other hand, for trans people, but it would be a mistake to think like just because there has been a really, I think, a mar- pretty marginal opening uh, for uh, you know gender expression in in the world in the last uh, couple decades that it's on some like ordained trajectory toward liberation. This, you know, we have to think of this as a revolutionary struggle. And that means that, you know, that's synonymous with war. Uh, It's always going to be a fight. Um, And people like, you know, the assimilationist gay libs are just, you know, one group of people who are going to fight it uh, alongside uh, conservative evangelicals and whoever else is going to cynically use it for electoral or whatever, whatever gains. I mean, the current uh, meme of the like groomer uh, culture, you know, partly that's, you know, a complete fantasia around like the schools that is being used by people who just want to defund public schools. A lot of it is directed at Disney which is very funny, but like, you know, I was talking before we went on that I grew up in the evangelical church and like, you know, being thinking Disney is perverted and like perverting your kids is like very old. Um, that's goes back to the eighties, but now, you know, uh, you do have market forces in this country, uh, compelling corporations who don't actually give a flying fuck and are made up of sick, uh, rich perverts who are also donating to Republicans and to efforts to, um, you know, ban trans existence. Those same corporations like Disney are engaged in, you know, a, a minor free market project of uh, inclusion and representation. That is something that's happening. They're doing it because they want to sell their f- products to um, cosmopolitan libs with money in cities, Rainbow capitalism, baby, in, including gay and trans people, and people and people who think of themselves as uh, you know cosmopolitan libs, um, who want to like to see that inclusion, and that is, you know, obviously we don't think of that as like a path to any kind of power or liberation, you know, but it is also grist for this. Uh, you know, a little bit of grist for this panic when the worst people in this country, uh, your evangelical bigots, you know, uh, see like not just uh, gay and trans child characters on TV, but but then statements that can get passed around, uh, you know, conservative media or whatever of these corporations like saying, yes, we are trying to change the culture with our liberal cultural dominance you know, that gives them grist. It gives them something, gives them a boogeyman to believe, you know, conservatives believe that um, social change comes from cultural products like this mistakenly. It's part of what explains um, at least some of the tone, tenor and specifics of this current panic is a reaction to that. It's a backlash against that. And I think the thing to take out of that for me is that that project of uh, that liberal cosmopolitan project of inclusion and representation in media has nothing under it or behind it. It has no, uh, it's not part of a movement 
uh, or struggle building a working class power that is in solidarity with LGBTQ uh, siblings that can actually enact that on the world, that can make that change, can can prosecute that liberation and God willing, <laughs> the, uh, you know, uh, uh, abolition of the patriarchy and of gender in general. And so the libs are doing, you know, what they do, which is get out ahead of themselves uh, and are jerking off. And uh, I guess I'm just saying, like, that's why you actually have to build if you want actual liberation for all of us. You know, you're going to have to build that working class power and not rely on uh, lib bullshit like that. That's what it always comes back to. huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the reality, again, we love to talk about how many just dichotomies there are with the right and what it is they purport. I mean, we've, we've discussed about this so much today that the group that's like backing a lot of these bills is the Alliance defending freedom, but they're taking away my freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's, that's in like in Congress. Um, and the, the, the thing you bring up with Disney, um, Disney is acting on a market. Like mm-hmm. they, they see these, this um, this group that constitutes a a marketable entity that they can sell to, that's the free market. Like mm-hmm. that is that is like ostensibly what the Republicans want, but of course they're like culturally they're not doing it the right way because like gay people shouldn't exist. Um, and so even though there is a market of gay people, um, and it's the free market, baby. Like that's that's um, not an acceptable outcome. Um, and so. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It it, it comes back. It comes back. It comes back to working power because um, it's not. It's not uh, like as much as I en- enjoy the capacity to see myself represented culturally. Um, of course, yeah. That is not going to liberate me. Yeah. Right? That's not. That's not going to achieve my freedom. Um, yeah. Even as if much as uh, I would like it to. Yeah, even if J.K. Rowling was cool with trans people, it wouldn't fucking matter one way or the other. It's, it's yeah, it's immaterial. I mean, yeah, her 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 lack of coolness definitely does yeah. not do good things. Exactly. But no, exactly. it wouldn't, it wouldn't well, change the the. It wouldn't turn the boat around completely, right? It comforts you know gay representation in media comforts comfortable assimilationist gays like Katie Herzog and Andrew Sullivan. Yeah, um, and maybe it to some extent. Uh, comforts uh, less comfortable people, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, make them not poor or in yeah. prison, you know. Um, and well, it's important to remember too that all these right wing groups. I feel like there's a particular liberal take of all these people are just confused or uneducated or whatever. And the thing is, is the right wing groups that push whatever it is, anti trans stuff, racist shit, sexist shit, right? All this kind of stuff. It's not happening accidentally. These people are not confused or falling into anything right these people are very useful to capital because all their antics all the things they get up to all it ever does is reinforce the power of capital reinforce the power of the wealthy right and so that's why they let them get up to the antics that's why they let them run around right you know uh you know portland pd isn't confused or seattle pd isn't confused when they let patriot prayer run around doing their bullshit but crack down on you know antifa or blm protests right like so you know that's the thing too is like none of this is about confusion it all comes back down to the old thing of class war right it all ties back into this right which is why you have to build 
this working class movements to oppose this shit. That's why you can't find this shortcut, which some fucking people on the, you know, at least are pretending to be on the left, like to say of like, oh, you can't involve trans people or care about trans people because uh, this mythical working class person that I've never met because I've been a fucking, you know, he's always covered people who haven't been within 10 miles of a working class person and God knows how long. But this mythical working class person that won't accept this. And it's like, you know, trans people are the children of the working class. They're the brothers and sisters of the working class, the fathers, the mothers. Like, where you guys people can and understand trans people and accept them. This is all bullshit. It's all just bullshit, divisive shit. <laughs> I'm reminded we were talking about Seattle Pacific University. I'm reminded or earlier. I'm reminded of their their tagline: "Engage the culture, change the world." Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy. It's that easy, yeah. right? I there mean, that's that's what they think. Um, All it takes is downstream of culture, right? Yeah. So, like, um, you know, we can talk about this like at a larger political level, but really, you know, we're talking about trans people, trans kids you know, kids being harmed, uh, just having their lives made miserable, not getting the care they need, which is going to lead to, uh, it's going to lead to their pain and their death. And in a lot of different ways that we've discussed, I mean, is there anything we can leave our listeners with of, um, that's hopeful or that's something they can do or something they can plug into to support, um, kids in fucking Texas that are in families that are being, uh, uh, raked over the coals here. Yeah. That's, um, there are, you know, a lot of nonprofits that can be donated to. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like trans people that you can directly give money to. That is a very acceptable thing to do in the <laughs> trans community is to put money directly in the hands of trans people. Um, if you, if you know a trans person, if there is a trans person in your life, like, please right now, just reach out and let them know that they're loved and that they're cared for. I know that that sounds like that can sound silly to some extent, but in the communities that I'm a part of, none of us are okay. None of us are okay right now. And so that knowledge of just like support from the people around us is really important. If you know a trans woman, buy her flowers. Trans women rarely get flowers. Just just buy her flowers, drop them off for her, you know? Um, and uh, I have... Uh, you know, to end us, I, I have a quote from um, another trans woman. Um, her name is uh, Miss Silvertongue. And she says, you can think of yourself as unfortunate to live in a time so hostile to trans people, or you can think of yourself as born into one of the last generation of us who is oppressed. Someday you'll think when the walls finally fell, my hands were there pulling them down. There you go. I think I that's a lovely sentiment to leave on then. So or do you have anything you need to promote or anything? Me? Um, if you're in Seattle, uh, check out spd.watch. Um, it's a cool cop database um, for, for checking out um, your, your uh, uh, local oppressors um, and what they look like and what their previous um, uh, sort of reports have been. Um, and yeah, just, just, Talk, talk to a trans person. <laughs> that's, that's all I ask. Talk to a trans person. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Aether Unbound. Plug myself here on, on Twitter. Um, feel, free to, feel free to follow. I, fair warning. Um, I was telling my wife this earlier. Um, my timeline is um, selfies, uh, Elden Ring, um, trans rights, 
uh, and um, yeah, just other trans memes. So oh, anti-cop shit. That, that, that was it. That was the fourth one, anti-cop shit. So just there, be advised if you follow you me. It's a, it's, it's a perfect posting. Something for everybody, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little and, something there for everyone. Perfect. And we'll um, link to some, uh, you know, donation availabilities in the show notes as well. Um, Madison, thank you so much for coming on. I wish it could have been under uh, better circumstances. Uh, I don't know, a better world. Uh, (laughs) um, But uh, very nice to talk with you uh, about this stuff. Um, And yeah. It's uh, been a pleasure. I'm so happy to have been on. To our trans listeners out there, uh, we love you. We support you. Uh, We stand in solidarity here with you. Um, And uh, hope uh, this didn't bum you out too much. (laughs) <laughs> in in uh one last thing um in in many ways our continued existence as trans people is an act of resistance um my favorite book series is uh the the dune series by frank herbert so in the words of never uh, heard of it. duke leto atreides <laughs> here i am <laughs> here i remain hell yeah hell yeah there. uh beautiful there words okay from Jared Leto Atreides. No! 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 Uh, We'll end it there. (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.